You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. Welcome in. It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM ESPN New York. Whole lot to keep us busy on this Friday. We've made it to the weekend. Of course, you know the deal. One hour. We run through it all. Take you up until six o'clock. The number, you know, 1-800-919-ESPN on Twitter, on Instagram, at Gordon Damer. We will get to the uh, daily poll question. It is up and running. We'll get to it. Went a different uh, direction today. I've been thinking about this idea for a while. Going to try it out today, see how it goes. And really, it's going to be dictated by you. If, if people don't vote on it today, well, then we probably won't keep it going. But if it gets uh, you know good numbers overall, I, I've wanted to go with a non-sports question in the past. Sometimes it fits, sometimes it doesn't. So we'll try it out on a Friday. Uh, of course, today is Friday, so we have our net picks and chill pick for this week. Now, again, the idea behind this segment was a Saturday idea where it would be suggestions of, you know, underrated, kind of under the radar, good shows, good movies, documentaries, whatever can pass the time on a weekend. Sometimes it was books, whatever it would be. Something that, you know, with streaming and so much content, sometimes it feels like you, you're trying to drink water out of a fire hydrant, right? It's, there's just so much stuff you can't keep up with it all. So me, the guy who works one hour a day, essentially, would have that time to find and pick through all these different streaming services and all this different stuff to give you a suggestion of something that I've seen that was really, really good. But those things are becoming tougher and tougher to find. You know, with everybody staying home, it's uh, I've run through a whole bunch of stuff, and uh, there's less good stuff right now. So I have a pick for this week that is not necessarily a thumbs up, but it's all, as I said, I think it was Tuesday, it's so bad, you almost have to see. I want you to witness it because it is so bad. It might be the worst sitcom I have ever seen. It's just you're watching it and, and thinking to yourself, woof. And my wife and I will watch it at night. You know, there's no sports going on. And we've been watching this show. And we'll both say to each other, I can't get over that this is this bad. And it is this bad. So uh, we'll have that coming up after the moment of inspiration at uh, 5.30-ish. 5.30-ish, you know me. I always get behind on the clock. But let's start at the beginning. And the beginning today, of course, is where we kind of focused most of our show yesterday. New Orleans Saints quarterback Drew Brees issued an apology yesterday, Thursday, for his comments about disrespecting the flag, saying in part that on current issues he completely missed the mark and that it breaks his heart to know the pain that he has caused. He first issued a, I think, a written apology, uh, later put out a video apology. There was also apparently a virtual team meeting yesterday for the New Orleans Saints where Breeze uh, apologized to his teammates. Apparently there was some back and forth there. Uh, of course, anytime there is an apology, the first reaction is to judge the apology, right? Is it heartfelt? Is it not heartfelt? Is it true? Is he just doing this because of the reaction, which was swift and uh, overwhelming, visceral? Uh, to me, it's not about for me to judge the apology. He is not apologizing to me. 
his intentions? Is he truly sorry? Did he just say what he said because of the overwhelming negative reaction? I don't know. Does he actually feel differently? I have no idea. That is up to his teammates to judge. That is up to the people that he offended to judge. Now, when this first came down on Wednesday, when these first comments were made, the overwhelming reaction was, well, it's it, Drew Brees is not going to be able to overcome this or it's going to take him a very, very long time to overcome it. Uh, it seems, at least in terms of the public comments made, and look, those are not the only ones. Uh, I would think that every single player on the team would have a, a say on whether or not they personally accept the apology or they think that Drew Brees gets it more than he got it when he made his initial comments. Uh, Michael Thomas, one of the, the more uh, outspoken critics of Brees' original comments, tweeted out, One of my brothers made a public statement yesterday that I disagreed with. He apologized, and I accept it because that is what we are taught to do as Christians. Now back to the movement. He also tweeted, let's focus back on the real issue going on in the world and not get distracted. Demario Davis, former Jets linebacker, Saints linebacker, also said, quote, for him to admit that he was wrong and say, you know what, I can do better and I will do better, I think that is leadership at its finest. So, look, I'm sure there are some players ready to accept his apology right now. That is their right. But I would say, based on his apology, based on the reaction of his teammates, uh, that I'm sure that there are some that are not ready to, and, and that is also their right. I would think, though, based on the reaction of the teammates publicly, that at least publicly, I'm not saying that the issue is is, is smoothed over and that there aren't going to be some hard conversations that have to be had in the Saints locker room or that Drew Brees is not going to have to continue to mend fences, but it seems like that in terms of the overall focus on the team, that most of the steam has been taken out of it. It seems like things have been resolved as much as they possibly could be in 28 to 48 hours after his initial comments. Of course, it's not completely over. He still, as I said, has to mend fences. But after hearing that he would never recover or calls for him to retire right now, uh, I think that that has been a bit overblown. I don't think that this issue is going to go away anytime soon for the NFL. And let me make it clear, if it wasn't clear yesterday, if people uh, have the desire to kneel during the national anthem, I have no problem with that's their right to do so. I have no issue with it if it's if it's locking arms, if it's standing uh, it, it, during the national anthem, whatever is done respectfully, whatever is in that person's heart, go for it. I do wonder now, does Drew Brees... Does he, I mean, does he have to kneel during the national anthem? And again, make it clear, I don't care what he does. Kneel, stand, sing along, stand quietly, that's up to him. Uh, I did not take his comments as as my country right or wrong, but it seems like some did, and I could understand why the, the reaction was to the uh, idea of, you know, I am never going to disrespect the flag. I think if he had left that part out and actually had led with the second half of what his initial statement was, maybe the reaction would not have been as visceral as it was. But um, I think it's possible that good people say the wrong thing in the wrong moment, and I think that at least the public reaction to his apology has been 
that that is how other people have taken it. And I do think that, as other people have said, it's it's not just about words. It's about actions. And that Drew Brees, in his history, has taken the appropriate actions and I think will continue to do so. But in terms of the apology itself and whether it's been accepted, that is up to his teammates to decide. But it seems like, for the most part, for most people on the team, at least the ones, you know, big players that have come out and spoken publicly, uh, Brees listened to what the criticisms of him were. The teammates felt heard. And they are coming at this now as a kind of shared mission. And I think that uh, despite all the um, the um, back and forth that we have going on in the world right now, that's all you can kind of ask for. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. So uh, we can get into that. I know a lot of people wanted to get into that yesterday. We didn't get a ch- – you know, we don't, with the only the hour, we don't have a chance to get everybody's phone call in. So if you want to get on that again, uh, that is certainly out there for today. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. I did want to touch on some headlines today, among them – uh, with the NBA, with the NBA's plan to resume play, Adrian Wojnarowski had some um, had some reports yesterday that the expectations on the Orlando format are going to be a 16-day regular season with five to six games per day, and that the NBA Finals format is expected to include games every other day, which would seem like that uh, would make sense. Uh, not that everybody, you know, the NBA has been given credit and rightfully so. They look like they are the league that is most ready to be the first one back and that Adam Silver has done an amazing job with, um, handling all the things that he can handle, trying to, uh, adjust to the things that he can't handle. It did seem like he had a bit of a misstep yesterday when he said, that uh, there's a chance that older NBA coaches won't be able to be on the bench when the league resumes play, the, the target date, of course, July 31st. He said, quote, I think one of the things we know, we've learned a lot about the virus since we shut down in March, and that the data is demonstrating that for the most part, there are expectations, or there, excuse me, there are exceptions that that is healthy young people that are the least vulnerable But there are also people involved in the league, particularly some of the coaches, who are obviously older people. And we know that people at any age who have underlying conditions are vulnerable. He went on to say, we are going to have to work through protocols that maybe, for example, certain coaches may not be able to be the bench coach. They may have to retain social distancing protocols. And maybe they can be in the front of a room, a locker room or a ballroom with a whiteboard, but when it comes to actual play, we're not going to want them that close to players in order to protect them. So all those issues are co- <laughs> we are going to continue to work through. And uh, several coaches, I think Alvin Gentry was the uh, the first one who was like, wait, what now? Uh, how the hell am I going to be able to coach that way? Social distancing, when you have no fans in the stands, right? Like, I mean, you're drawing up a play in the huddle. I'm assuming you're going to have to kind of whisper to make sure that nobody hears the play that you're drawing up. Never mind trying to do that through, I guess, an iPad or a TV screen or standing on the other side of the building. All right, guys, we're going to do the pick and roll. You know, it's not really possible to coach that way. So I think that 
uh, Adam Silver has kind of walked back those uh, those comments. But um, there are going to be things that they can't see right now that they'll kind of have to work through. And all these different possibilities are, are, are part of it. And I don't know. There's not a coach that comes to mind immediately that has uh, – something that they've overcome that would give them an under, you know, I, I don't know that any coaches that have overcome cancer or something like that. Maybe there are, uh, maybe it's just private information, but uh, I don't think that there is one that I can think of off the top of my head. But if there are, those are things that are going to have to be taken into account. I don't know how they, they take them into account, especially when I think the coaches themselves have such a desire, you know, like anything else, when you get to that level, you kind of put all those other things aside because of the desire to win. So I, I think that that's kind of be the way they handle it, but we'll have to see moving forward. The other part of the NBA is that they are looking to start next season. Well, we got to get through this free season first, right? But they're looking to start next season. They would push the start time back to December 1st. Obviously, it's open to change based on how things play out. I would think you'd have to push that back even further. If you got to a Game 7 of the NBA Finals this year that ends October 12th, and then you're thinking about starting the following season, December 1st? But look, I'm desperate for sports right now, and I'm sure maybe when we get to December 1st, I'll be desperate for sports depending on the state of the world. But it doesn't really seem like that's much of a break in between one season ending and the next season starting. So uh, we'll see uh, what that uh, means going forward, but at least that would be the target date right now. I think you'd have to push that back uh, even further, especially if the the season plays out the way things are planned right now. What, what are you going to have? You're going to have players wrap up the season October 12th down in Disney, leave for, for basically a month, and then they'd have to be back in time for another season. That seems like an awful uh, – the, the season is a grind as it is. Uh, that seems like it's almost uh, an unnecessary grind, and I think that the NBA overall would be better off, better served, pushing the start date back even further, given that, uh, you know, when you get – it's great to have the season start, but, you know, the the way the season kind of plays out, the season starts, and then you kind of, you know, it, it, it the the NBA regular season is not as, as a immediate a need as uh, other sports, and – to push it back even further, I think that would just make more sense. We have the poll question that we got to get to on Twitter, at Gordon Damer. But, uh, and we've got some phone calls already, so we'll get to those in a bit. 1-800-919-ESPN. If you want to touch on the NBA stuff, the Drew Brees stuff, obviously that is out there. I did want to just kind of touch on the baseball for a second because not that they're close, right? <laughs> I saw yesterday... Like it's it's almost like a joke if you're a baseball fan because I see, obviously the NBA they they seem like they're they're ready to go and up and running and it's almost like waiting until July for games almost at this point feels oh, guys all right you you're moving along so well let's get them you know instead of the end of July maybe the start of July but all right the NBA they're doing their thing the NHL I don't know what it is but they seem to be doing their thing they're moving along in the right direction great. Uh, it see, I saw a report about MLS. They're mo- they figured it out already. They're moving along. I saw the WNBA's got a plan. And then you have the idiots in baseball. Then you have the morons in baseball. The both in the rowboat. They're both looking straight ahead. Oh, there's Niagara Falls. We're just about to go over. It's coming up here pretty quickly. 
and you have one idiot saying, no, we got to row to the left side of the river, and you got the other one saying, no, we got to row to the right side of the river. And in all the meantime, they're not moving to the left or the right. They're just moving straight towards the fall. So, look, it might, it, it probably won't end up mattering anyway because these two idiots, these two idiot sides won't come up with a deal. And already, even if they did, not that for me, because if they come up with a deal and they play games, I'm an idiot, I'll be there, I'll be watching. But it's almost like they're the only league that can't get their stuff together, that they will alienate more people. And I feel like they already have alienated more people, even if they come up with a deal, than they'll bring on board by playing games during this this time of lockdowns and quarantines and all that type of stuff. So this idea is out there about a 50-game season, right? That that seems like it's a possibility, right? The players want to play 114. The owners at least have floated internally the idea, the prospect of playing 50 games. And if it ends up happening that it's 50 games, you will hear the criticism, obviously, about 50 games is not a real season. Baseball, the, the beauty of baseball is the 162. The cream rises to the top. It's about the long grind. Anybody can have a good 50-game stretch. And you might end up with a, a World Series champion if you play 50 games that they clearly are not a, a team that would have lasted throughout the season or all these different things. Well, look, I, I'm in agreement. I know Joel Sherman has a thing about, you know, that's not, that's not baseball if you're playing 50 games. It's not. It's not. It's not, it's not what baseball is intended to be. Uh, but here's the thing. And, and really, there's no real way to argue this. 50 games is bad, but it's not the worst. The worst thing would be to not play a season. So I, I get it. I don't think of 50 games as being a legitimate season, but is 50 games better than zero games? How can anybody argue that? It, would you have 50 games or would you like the nuclear option? Well, I don't know. The nuclear option doesn't sound good. No, I generally I don't like the nuclear option. So, yes, I would rather have 50 games. If you told me they were going to play 35 games, I wouldn't like it. But is it better than zero? Is it better than being the only league that can't get its act together enough to play anything? Anything is better than nothing. And look, if they play 50 games, if they play whatever amount of games, they're going to be criticized for only playing 50. But I would much rather have that criticism while they're playing games because the amount of reaction initially when they announce, if they announce, that they're not going to play any, it's going to be unlike anything that – and you know what happens after that anger? Once that dissipates, then comes the apathy. And the apathy is by far worse because even when they do return, if it's next year, if it's, uh, who knows, it'll be, uh, it'll be at all-time levels. Nobody will care. For any talk about the uh, NHL not being a major sports league or one of the four, Max Kellerman floated that yesterday, uh, that nobody cares about hockey, uh, nobody will care about baseball. They will be such a distant memory. And already, I mean, they're already operating as a league that is losing faith, right? Like, I feel like I'm already the last generation that will have baseball as their, like in large numbers, as baseball as their number one sport. If they ended up canceling the season, I think that that's uh, just pushing that even more so uh, to the front as 
people will just stop caring. Stop caring all. You know, anger is is bad, but apathy is worse. And if they cancel a season, which I mean, <laughs> it certainly seems like that's the road they're on. Um, that uh, that'll be very very difficult to ever ever overcome. All right, let's get some phone calls in. One eight hundred nine one nine ESPN. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Let's go out to uh, Lewis is in Whippany. Lewis, our buddy, go, my friend. What's going on? Hey, how you doing, Gordon? I'm good, man. What's going on? Hey, hey, listen, um, you know, the comments that Drew Brees uh, made the other day. Uh, Which ones? The initial I, I, one or the apology? No, nah, not the apology. The okay. initial one. The apology, is, the apology is what it is, man. Either you're going to accept it or you're not. There's there's almost no in between. You know, yeah. you, you, either you say, okay, great, he got it, or you know what, we right. know what you said originally, and it doesn't really matter. Uh, but his original comment, man, you know, I understand where he's coming from. He he feels that, you know, his family, his grandparents, uncles, whatever it is, they, they serve the country, and, you know, he feels great respect towards the military, right? But he also needs to understand that minorities also serve in the military, and unbeknownst to a lot of people like him, they don't get the same treatment. That, uh, yeah, see, I did not uh, look, and I'm I'm coming from from a you know a white guy's point of view. I did not take his comments to mean that this that his way of feeling is the only way of feeling. I took them to mean no. that that's no, the no, way no. he feels. It's not to disclose. No. It's not to uh, not include how other people are other people's experiences. And he did touch on at the end of the you know the initial thing about, you know, the, the civil rights movement and, and stuff like that. So uh, I, I did not take his comments to mean my country right or wrong. So I, I don't know. No, Maybe of course. Ne- no, ne- I took it. Ne- ne- no, neither did I. But the thing is that he, he also needs to realize, that, like, you know, the same freedom, the same, the same benefits that he got because of his, uh, uh, his grandparents, his, his dad, you know, whatever it is, whoever his family that he got because of what they did, uh, he also needs to realize, and a lot of people need to realize that in the same way of thinking that the county parts and their kids and the grandkids and everything else in between, they don't get that same benefit. And that's that's where I think most people need to um, to focus on. And I know Michael Thomas is right. You know, we get we need to get back to the, you know, the main story, which is, you know, making sure that everything that happened to George Floyd doesn't ever happen against anyone else. But this is also part of it where, like, you can use this as a way to tell people, like, hey, I understand how you feel. It makes sense to you, but you need to understand that, like, that what you feel is not given to everyone, you know. And, and that's the way I took it. Like, he needs to understand, that, like, the apology, like I said, is what it is, what it is. Either you accept it or you don't. But I, I felt like his initial comment was that he just didn't really, he didn't really understand that, you know, yes, I was afforded all this freedom because of what my grandparents did, but you know, his counterparts aren't really afforded that same freedom. Yeah, I, I know that that's the way a lot of people took it. Uh, and I understand that, you know, they're coming from uh, their point of view. And, and that's all, uh, yeah, obviously, you're going to view the world through the prism of, of your experiences. And that's that's all acceptable. I did not take his comments to mean that this is the only way to feel or that he, you know, by not saying that he understood those things or, or mentioning those things, I don't think that that means that he doesn't include those things. I think he's just, I think his problem was, he said, I'm never going to disrespect the flag. 
and that that people are going to say, well, th- what we're doing is not disrespecting the flag. If he had left that part out and he said he said something along the lines of, uh, I don't kneel because of whatever. Uh, I think that it was I think it was really saying the disrespect of the flag uh, that got and, and rightfully so, you know, because people feel like, you know what, this is not disrespectful. This is something that we're doing in a respectful way. Uh, so I think that that's part of the issue. But, you know, uh, people are, as I said yesterday about Drew Brees, people are open to have their own opinions about things. Uh, and I don't know. I'm interested to see. And again, I don't really care, but I'm interested to see what Drew Brees does now when the NFL season starts. Does he have to kneel? Does he kneel for, for week one? Does he stand? Does he? I, I don't know. I don't know what happens. I don't know. I really don't know, you know, if the feeling is if you're not if you're not with us, you're against us. Uh, does that mean that every NFL player has to kneel? I, I don't know. I, I don't. I really don't know. And again, I don't really care. What, do what's in your heart. If if that's how you feel and that's what you want to um, do to to highlight the issue, awesome. If 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 other players feel di- you know feel differently or I don't know, uh, it's up to them. It's up to them. one 800 espn is the phone number. We'll go to, uh, let's see here, Leo is in the truck. Leo, what's going on, man? How are you, man? Morning. I'm good, man. What's going on? Breeze did not get the point of what Colin was trying to do. It wasn't about the flag. It was about police brutality on black people. That's what it was all about. And his statement could have been like, okay, I didn't support what Colin did by kneeling, but I get what he was trying to say. And it's the same thing today. It's like people are still not getting the point because they are saying, oh, all life matters. Yes, all life matters, but guess what? It's only black people that police is killing innocently in the streets. So we get the point of all life matters and the flag and all that, but you're missing the point. Yeah, I mean, I I think you kind of, look, who knows, uh, you know, the reason for the apology, uh, if it's sincere or not. But I do think, yeah, I I agree with you. I think he kind of missed the point on that. Uh, with his initial statement, I don't think that anybody can really um, kind of uh, disagree with that now. So uh, I, I agree with that, and uh, you know, his his um, Kaepernick's um, actions were never about the military, uh, and they're not they're not about the flag. Uh, but uh, you know, whether or not Drew Brees actually gets that, I, I don't know. Uh, again, it's not really for me to uh, to judge the apology. As I said, it's up to his teammates and the people that were offended to judge it, whether they feel like it's sincere or whether they don't. It seems like at least the people who are speaking publicly from the Saints, they do. But I'm sure that might not be the reaction of everybody on the team. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Let's squeeze in Sal in Aberdeen. Sal, what's going on, my man? Hey, hey Gordon, how you doing? I, good, man. I, 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 agree, I agree with you. I mean... Uh... This guy is not a, a, a bad guy. I mean, look what he did uh, for Katrina. Katrina happened, what he did COVID-19. This guy is a compassionate guy, and he's just saying how, how he feels. I mean, I, I do the same. My kids growing up, when that flag and that national anthem is played, 
they were taught hand over heart and that hats off and you stand still and you respect the flag and you respect the people that are behind that flag and what they did so you can have this peaceful protest, so you could do this. You don't have this in Libya. You don't have this in North Korea. These people that, you know, they don't realize what we went through, what these people went through, my grandfather and father, what they went through to make this country what it is today. And these people that are, you know, peaceful protests, I'm fine. That's what this country is based on. But these loot, the looting and all this stuff. I oh mean, yeah, no, is, I mean, look, you know, uh, the the looting and and the and the the violence that way that has to be condemned, should be condemned, but it should never be. Uh, I don't think. Uh, I mean, this was this was the same. Late, thing you know, I, I, trying to make it out that it's the peaceful protesters who are also doing the looting. I think that, that it's two right, I mean, separate groups. I I I grew up in 1967. I, I was still living in in uh, in Brooklyn, in East New York. And there were riots back in '67, uh, not because of killings, but because of the, but also because of the plights of of the blacks and, and pe- black people in Newark and in Detroit. And you know, it, it, it's been going on forever, and it's not right. But I, I lived through that when I was a kid, also. And there were people running down my block with guns, shooting gun, guns off. And my mother, my father said, you know, we can't raise you here. We're gonna we're gonna move uh, to, to Long Island because it's not safe for you here. But, I mean, I agree with Breeze. I, I, I feel that, you know, the protest should be, you know, peaceful and to get their point across. But the, the looting just makes it horrific and just does get the, the wrong point across. Yeah, well, look, I, look, Sal, I, I agree with you, but I think they're two separate things, right? I think that they're, you know, the, the people that are, you know, I, I think that we have to uh, separate um uh, the, the issues from each other, right? Like the, the protests that we've seen, the huge crowds that are taking place, uh, I mean, throughout the country. I think every major city has had some form of march or protest or, or gathering uh, to, to protest uh, the, the killing of George Floyd and, and, and all the issues that that has brought to the surface again. But I don't think that we have to um, somehow think that that condones what goes on with what we've seen, you know, be it attacks on police or uh, violence and, and, and burning of buildings and all that type of stuff. They're two separate things. They're two separate things. I want to tell little girls that they are special, that they mean something, that we need our black women. We need to stop oppressing our black women and build them up. Show them that they are worth something. Show them that our black men that they are not thugs. They are more than an athlete. Oh boy, you gonna be a doctor and lawyer if you want to be. You be whatever you want in this world. If you put your mind to it, you work hard because no matter what you do in life, it's gonna be hard. It's gonna be challenges. It's gonna be naysayers. It's gonna be people that are gonna say you can't do it. But as long as you got your mind, you got that knowledge, you do whatever you want in this world. All right, so there's Marvin Wilson from uh, Florida State. Obviously, the issues surrounding their coach there about uh, saying that he had reached out to his players had not actually reached out to his players, has since reached out to his players. It seemed like the uh, player, I mean, it seemed like he had a lot of work to do, and, and I'm sure he still does. But uh, those are the comments of uh, Marvin Wilson, who uh, had uh, been very public in talking about uh, the head coach there, Mike Norville, uh, reaching out to players over the um, the death of George Floyd. So your moment of inspiration for this Friday morning. i got to be honest. I don't know what... Uh, very, very odd, right? Like doing this show, I wake up, you know, pretty early. Even from doing the show at home, I wake up pretty early. So it's been a hot, it's been a kind of a hot day already. So I decided to, you know, I work in my kitchen and then I come into the office to do the show. 
So I opened up the uh, sliding door during the the, the uh, prep time. I don't know what the hell was going on outside my house, but there was some sort of animal, like scr- I don't know. It was sound like it was screaming. Uh, so I opened up the thing. I heard, it was like a scene from my cousin Vinny when he's in the uh, in the in the wilderness and he's, he has he hears the owl screaming. It was kind of like that. I don't think that do owls fly around in Jersey. I don't know. Very, very odd, but there was some sort of animal. So I opened up the, 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 the sliding door to get a little bit of wind, a little bit of air. Heard that. I had to, whoop, no, no good. No, thank you. Don't want that. So that's what I was dealing with this morning. But, um, our poll question for today, it's up on Twitter. It's at Gordon Damer. And as I said, Fridays, we try to do something a little bit different with the poll question. We'll see how it goes today. If it, uh, if it flops, if it's uh, like a Mets poll question, then we won't do it again. But, uh, you know, last weekend, you had, of course, the big SpaceX Dragon launch, and they became the first private spacecraft company to take humans into orbit. So this has kind of been out there for a little while, but this is a big step towards making private space travel a reality. So our poll question for today up on Twitter, at Gordon Damer, is, Assuming that cost would not be a factor, do you have any desire to travel into space? If someone came to you and said, hey, space travel five years from now is going to be like uh, like a, a regular vacation destination. I don't know what it would be. Obviously, it wouldn't be a vacation. You go up. I don't there's no place. You're not staying on the International Space Station. I don't believe I don't believe they have rooms for rent. But I'm saying you would get to experience what it would be like to go into space. You go up, you have the weightlessness, I would figure, and then you come back down, I don't know, 45 minutes or so. So assuming cost is not a factor, would you like to travel into space? That's the poll question, either hell yeah, or I went with the uh, GTFOH, and I think we all know what that means. So uh, you can vote on either side there. It's up on Twitter, at Gordon Damer. I I would love to. I think it would be fascinating. I don't know that it would be a thing that I would like to do twice, but... To actually get to experience that, to live in a time where you would actually have the ability to travel into space, I think it would be kind of cool. Now, granted, I might get done and feel like, you know, there's a certain age you get to. When I was younger, I could do roller coasters, everything, anything and everything. And then you hit a certain age where (laughs) it, it hits you differently. I remember going on one last summer with my son, who was all about it, like I was at his age. Uh, and it was one of these ones that kind of like moves in two different directions, like it's moving around, and then you have the thing in the middle you can kind of spin. The moving around was fine, but then when he started to spin it, I said, no, don't, whatever you do, do not do that. But he's like, no, that's part of the thing. I said, yeah, vomit is also going to be part of the thing if you keep doing that. So he stopped doing it, and I got off, and I was able to. Uh, there's, I feel like now when I get on roller coaster, it, it, there's always that moment where I'm like, am I going to vomit here? Am I? Is this is vomit a possibility? That's why I don't go on. Yeah, but I used to. But there was a time where that would not be an issue at all. You know, I just get on, ride it, same no here. problems, no issues. You would you had that as well, Brian? That you could get you used to be able to ride. Yeah, I used camp? to be like I used to be like when I was a kid. I was like, oh, I want to go on that ride, especially. Right. I. But was, you're not that old. How old are you? I'm 29, but yeah, still, so I know. Look, if things are going downhill for you at 29, well, then man, again, I got like here, some buddy. like I was it like, unlike roller coasters, it doesn't go back up. But I also got paranoid with heights, and then as I got older, I was like, oh, I hate looking down. So that's right. why that could be it. 
But when I was a kid, I didn't care about that. I was like, oh, this is fun. Yay. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we went to um, we went to Hershey Park uh, a couple of years ago and we were doing, you know, my son loves roller coasters. My daughter wants no part of them whatsoever. Um, so we did one and my wife went on my son with it was the, like the last one we were doing before we were leaving the park. We had just had lunch uh, and you can see where this is going. And she went on it, and it was one of those ones where you sit in like a almost like a bucket, and your feet kind of dangle down. So she comes oh, okay. off, and she's like, "It's amazing! It's like flying! It's so peaceful! It's so wonderful!" So I said, "All right, Jack, you know you want to do it again? Let's go do it again." There were no real lines; it was really cold that day, so there was no real lines. So we walked right on, got right on, and I mean, within ten seconds, I've, I'm having the conversation in my brain: "Oh my god, am I gonna? Is this the time where I'm gonna vomit?" So, you know, I said to myself, you know what, just, you know, suck it up for you. You know, you can't look like a wimp in front of your son. So I said, you know what, just suck it up, close your eyes, you'll be fine. Just, you know, breathe and all that type of stuff. So, you know, we go through the whole thing. I'm closing my eyes and finally it starts to come to a stop. And I'm like, oh, thank God. Wasn't that bad. It was okay. I open my eyes. I realize we're only halfway done. I'm like, oh my God, it starts again. So, but I did not vomit. I was okay. But uh, the poll question is not about vomit or uh, roller coasters. It's about space travel. And you can vote on it on Twitter at Gordon Damer. Let's squeeze in some more calls. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Go out to Spike in Jersey. Spike, what's going on, my man? Good to hear you, my friend. Two things. Well, a couple of things. When you open the door, it might have been a skunk. So it's a good thing you closed the door. Uh, you know, have it all. Yeah, do skunks make noise? Well, I, yeah, that's they, the problem. You, you, you move out to the, and I, I, like, I grew up on Long Island, but we didn't yeah. have the, like, the wildlife that I have now where I live. It's, it's very, very odd. I've uh, had uh, not numerous experience having all the dogs. Uh, I'm back in business now. I have one now sleeping, luckily, but, um, it made a sound, and the, the dog got skunked, not me. I would have preferred me getting skunked in the right. dog. I didn't get the smell out of it. It took forever until people picked them up. Uh, and as far as space travel, you couldn't get me to West Caldwell. <laughs> at, this point, at this point, I don't know. I think it would be kind of cool. You don't have any interest in uh, things beyond this world. Yeah, my luck. They they, they would have uh, that Nick preseason game going. You know, it's it's just uh, I I don't know. I'm too old for it. I think, but maybe with uh, Brian, for God's sakes. When you were younger, at 29. <laughs> He's 29 when he was younger. Yeah, yeah. okay, a couple of quick things here. One, uh, it, are the baseball players as uh, dumb as, as, as anything in the world? I, and, and, in I fairness, the owners, the owners are side. just as dumb, if not dumber, Spike. I mean, yeah, you put it I, on them, too. I don't, the owners are going to lose less money. They don't give a damn. They couldn't care less, the owners. They'll shut it down and lose money. They don't care. The players, if they got a year's service time and they played 50 or 100 or 70 games... Get it on, and let's get pissed. This year, it hopefully, God willing, is an aberration, because this year stinks. It stinks, stinks in double. And the last thing, I don't care. What, the NBA, this is so – look, I love basketball. You know that. What he's doing to get Zion Williamson, which is fine with me, because I love watching him. He, he's right. a great player. I wish we had. But uh, and, and, and to do this just to get him in, it's pretty cool. It, if the Knicks – had uh, what Jerry got John Morant? Would they? Mm-hmm. Well, they're in anyway. I think they're they're one of the teams there. I think they are. I'm not even sure. Just uh, listen. I'm, I don't think they are. Are I'm they? Not, I, I'm not sure. Well, they're not. I, I have to check. It, it, okay. Well, you, maybe you could when I hang up. And last thing, 
I bring Mike Woodson back to the Knicks. I'll tell you why. And I bring him with Kenny Atkinson as an associate head coach. You got nothing. You got two guys. You got two keepers. That's a hundred percent consensus by anybody that knows the Knicks situation. You got two keepers. You back up the truck. You get rid of all these other guys, nice fellas, but get new players. Let Woodson at least have some credibility for for players going off the rails. I mean, that's what I'd like yeah, to see. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, it seems years, pretty know? clear, Spike, it's going to be Thibodeau. I mean, it's almost certainly going to be him. Um, uh, I, I'd be shocked if it's anybody else. I would go Kenny Atkinson. I, I feel like it's a building situation. It's a rebuilding situation. It's not a win-now situation where Thibodeau, uh, that's kind of his approach, even if he says he's going to soften his approach. And, yeah, gr- the Grizzlies are actually the eighth seed, so they would uh, obviously already be in. Uh, I thought they were lower down, but uh, I mean, there's not that many teams that are not going to be making it, right? Even with um, it's, it's basically eight teams that are not making it, so the Grizzlies would be in. Uh, it's going to be Thibodeau in terms of the Knicks head coach. Uh, that seems like it's pretty clear, and it's just a matter of time, despite what they say. But the fact, you know, Mike Woodson, you know, history is kinder to some people than others, and even when he got the boot. It seemed like uh, it was not necessarily he was not the problem, and and time that has passed. If anyone didn't already think that time was not the uh, that he was not the problem, uh, it's been pretty much proven out that uh, he was not the problem. So uh, yeah, Nick's got a lot of problems. Coach is one of them, but uh, the bigger thing is uh, is trying to get some some talent on the team, and uh, we'll see. You know, now that they know pretty much that they are not going to be part of the mix in Orlando. Where what steps they take in what is going to be an interesting off season? You know, we all thought it was going to be this big off season last year. It was not. So now the real work uh, begins, and, and, and finding the coach is going to, I would think, probably be the first step along the way. All right, one eight hundred nine one nine ESPN is the phone number to just kind of recap the morning in case you're just getting up, just getting rolling. On this Friday morning, we uh, touched on, obviously, the Drew Brees story, which uh, seems like, at least at this point, not to say it's over, not to say that his work is done. It's probably just beginning in terms of mending fences and uh, bringing people together after his his initial comments. It seems like it's it's going about as well as it could. He issued his apology yesterday. It's not, as I said, for me to judge his apology. He's not apologizing to me. His intentions, is he truly sorry? Did he just say what he said because he got this overwhelming, overwhelmingly negative reaction? I don't know, but it seems like at least publicly, Michael Thomas has, has said that he has accepted uh, Drew Brees' apology and is ready to move on and is back to focusing on the real issues going on right now. Demario Davis, the linebacker, said that he thought that uh, Breeze, uh, you know, admitting that he was wrong, that that's leadership at his finest. So at least for right now, while people, I think the initial reaction was, Drew Breeze, can he ever overcome this? Uh, how long it will take it to overcome it? Not that he's overcome it yet, but I think in terms of an apology, um, the reaction has been far more positive than I thought it would be, because generally in our society, apologies fall on deaf ears a lot of times, right? I mean, think about the last time, and I'm sure that there are some people not willing to accept his apology, um, and maybe even some people on the Saints that are not willing to accept their his apology, and that's certainly their their right, their their prerogative to 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 feel that way. Um, but at least it seems right now that things have been handled about as well as they can. And if it means, you know, having those difficult conversations, uh, but that it leads to a common ground and a common action, well, then I think that's really all you can ask for. That's really all you can ask for. Um, all right, so the poll question is up for today on Twitter, at Gordon Damer. 
It is about uh, space travel. We went a different direction today, and the poll question is, if you, um, assuming the cost was not a factor, would you uh, be willing to travel into space? You can vote on that. It's up on Twitter, at Gordon Damer. And speaking of space travel, that brings us to our net picks and chill pick this week. Now, as I said, it's become much more difficult to find under-the-radar shows and movies because we're all kind of on the search for those things as we live in this uh, new normal. So when I saw that there was a new show on Netflix starring Steve Carell, I thought to myself, wow, what a find, what a what a moment for this to come along, right? We're all desperate for any sort of content that can keep us occupied, can get our, our minds off things for a little while. And the name of the show is Space Force. And it's created by the guy who created or part of the creative team of The Office, uh, a guy by the name of Greg Daniels, who, if you remember, the suggestion, I think it was last week, maybe it was two weeks ago, of the show Upload on Amazon Prime, that was a pick where I said, oh, this is fantastic. So we we turned it on, my wife and I sat down, got ready, got ready to laugh. But a strange thing happened. There were no laughs. There were no laughs in the first five minutes, the first 10 minutes, the first 20 minutes, the first episode, the second episode. Now, I have not gotten through the entire series, uh, mainly because it feels like watching it is torture. It is so bad that I almost want you to watch it just to see how bad it is. It's terrible. There's not the third episode got slightly better. And you think to yourself, all right, sometimes it takes these shows a little while to find their footing, to find the characters. The office was like that. Parks and Rec was like that. But this is so bad. I almost want you to watch it just to see how bad it is. Now, I understand if you don't take, you know, you don't take me up on this one. But if you're if you have, a, you know, just like 20 minutes to sit with your mouth open and be like, wow, how can all these talented people? And there's a lot of, you know, talented people in the show. It's just uh, I don't think that the people writing the scripts were all that talented because, wow, you it's it's one of those shows where you don't even know what's supposed to be funny. Like, they're, they're, it's not just that the jokes don't land. There are no jokes. So Space Force is the name of the show and uh, really might be the worst sitcom I think I've ever seen. And it's on Netflix currently. That's going to do it for today. Vote on the poll question. It's up on Twitter. Follow me on Instagram at Gordon Damer. We're back Monday. See you then. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.